0: we <laughs>
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixty Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Jonathan here. Guys, we, we enjoyed a decent all-star break. I don't think, it by far, it was not one of the worst ones. It was a solid one. But now while we're waiting for games to start back up, you guys have two articles. that were, One we're going to preview, it's not even dropped yet on the website. And the other one recently just dropped, right? And that's what we're doing in tonight's podcast. We're going to react to them and we're going to preview them, right?
2: That's right i um, very excited. This should be a fun pod. Obviously, we're kind of killing time here until the games start back up tomorrow. Um, we'll have some some more Sixers basketball to talk about. Um, the All-Star break has, has been felt really long this year, but we'll have plenty to talk about today. Uh, like you said, Lucas, we're going to go through my top 100. It's a special sneak preview for all our podcast listeners. It's not out there in the world yet, so... You guys will be the first to hear it, and by extension, our listeners will be as well. Um, And then we'll go through the mid-season grades from all our contributors that Jonathan helped compile on the site. So, should have plenty to talk about.
3: Yeah, so let's get it started, Chris. I mean, tease it a little. You got a Top 100 Sneak Peek article coming out, not out yet. So, why don't you walk us through a uh, a few of the players and what you got on that list?
2: All right, I I say we do this in 10 player chunks. I, I feel like that's the most efficient way to run run through this. I'm sure. I, I, more, but, yeah.
1: I mean, that's about. how we always
2: do it. Yeah, that's how yeah. we
1: always do it. Let's go ahead and get started on it. I'm all excited.
2: Right. Let's do it. 100, I have uh, Lucas' favorite player, Nikola Vucevic. 99 is Dorian Finney Smith. 98, it feels low saying it out loud, but I, I'm going to stand by it it's Jordan Poole. 97 is Jared Vanderbilt. 96 is Grant Williams. 95 is John Collins. 94 Walker Kessler. 93 Ivica Zubac. 92 Keldon Johnson. And 91 is Tobias Harris.
1: Wow. Okay. First off, Vucevic, I do like him, but he's starting to fall off. So don't don't try to label that with me. And Chris, like I feel like there's two players there that should be much higher. Obviously, I'm gonna you know advocate for Tobias because I always do because I know how my, how you feel about him. I think he needs to be a little bit uh, higher on the list. But let's let's talk about Jordan Poole. Why do you have him so low below like J- Jared Vanderbilt and Avicii subach Why do you have him below those guys? Guys like the them or just like role players, pretty much like very good but role players.
2: Well, I mean Jordan Poole is sort of a role player and around about. You know, sort of. Like obviously he's averaging twenty one points, but not the most efficient twenty one points in the world. He's still really bad on defense and decision making wise, he's not always helping the Warriors. Um it's kind of a mixed bag this year. Um obviously an elite talent and I'm I'm sure one day he's gonna put it all together and he will rise very quickly when that happens, but It it has been a pretty up-and-down year for him. I don't think he's really built on last season's success in the way we all expected. Um, But, I mean, still one of the best, you know, starters, sick man, however Golden State wants to use him. Still very talented. um, Tremendous offensive player, really fun to watch. But, um, I don't know, the the other guys ahead of him are just, I think, more solid. They play both sides of the ball. um, So, that, that was probably where my head was at.
3: Yeah, I was thinking Poole would be a little higher, too. Maybe even Grant Williams. But, I mean, we're so far down. We're at 91 to 100. I'm i I'm definitely
2: interested to hear how we keep going. Okay. Next 10. 90, I, I have Jonas Valanciunas. 89 is Derek White. 88, Jordan Clarkson. 87, Mike Conley. 86 is Jakob Pertl. 85 is Cam Johnson, 84 is Spencer Dinwiddie, 83 is Alex Caruso, 82 is Kevin Herter, and 81 is Josh Giddy. Uh,
1: I feel like I'm actually kind of surprised how low you have Josh Giddy just because I know how much you like him yeah. um, but I think I think it's a good spot. I mean look you I'd probably have him in the 70s or maybe 60s, but you know that's not a terrible spot. Uh, outside of that, I don't really have too much to say. I think uh, 90 through 81 is solid.
3: Herder might be a little high.
1: Um, you know, Chris, Chris loves Herter. I'm not surprised by that.
3: No, I was saying Kevin Herter.
1: Oh, Kevin Herter. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. That, that, that's up for debate. I, I, You could talk me into him being a top 80 player. Yeah. yeah that, I, that, I mean...
2: When you're one of the best shooters in the league and you're like a really rock solid defender, and, and I mean, a little he's bit been, more with the okay. ball too, like, I I think well, he's just really high up there as far as like best role players in the league. Like like he just does so much off the ball to help Sacramento. He's a big part of why their offense has been so good this year. So
3: he's been struggling lately, though. I mean, even when he was like, I mean, obviously he got crushed in the three point contest, but. I think they said he's shooting something like 24% from three since January 1st. Like, he's definitely in a slump. So, I don't know. Maybe I just have a recency bias.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, like, if he was J.J. Redick and that was the case, and he's, like, only a shooter, then then I'd be with you. But, again, I, like, he's a really solid defender. He, he's a pretty good, like, secondary playmaker and connective tissue guy. So, he, he does other stuff. The shooting will come back around All all shooters are bound to have slumps at some point. So so I, I believe, but that that's a fair point. All right, 80 through 71. We got Tyler Hero at 80. We have Tyrese Maxey at 79. We have Kyle Kuzma at 78. Alperin Shane Goon at 77. Al Horford at 76. Wendell Carter at 75. Scotty Barnes at 74. Clint Capella at 73. Michael Porter Jr. at 72 and Boyan Bogdanovich of Detroit at 71.
1: Chris, why do you hate Tyrese Maxey so much? Seriously? Why? That that's okay. what I might, yeah. like, yeah. but let's be yeah. honest,
2: guys. Has he like met your expectations this year generally speaking? Okay, because but he- let's
1: let's let's be honest here. Is Doc using him the correct way? Is he allowed to be a number one scoring option like he's built to be? The answer no. to those yeah. are no. no, no. no.
2: No, no. Doc has specifically engineered lineups to have Tyrese as the number one scoring option, and I think that's the worst way to use them because I don't okay. think he's ready for that. Okay. Well, I will just say this: I think that not only Tyrese, but I
1: also think maybe Scotty Barnes needs to be a few spots higher because I can concede that Scotty Barnes is probably a better overall player than Tyrese Maxey, but what I can't concede is them both being in the 70s. That's what I won't concede. And I, I think maybe even Kyle Kuzma should be in the 60s.
2: But, so I, I love you know, Tyrese. He's going to be way higher than this one day. I, I certainly believe in his like growth and work ethic and skill level. But, I mean, right now, he he's still a below-average defender. He's still somewhat one-dimensional. So that that's why I, I've dropped him a little bit. But, I, I mean, obviously, in years to come, he's going to rise back up the list. Okay, soon. okay. Let,
1: let, me, let me just ask you this. How many more sixes are on your top one hundred? Uh, two. Okay. Okay.
2: I can deal with that then. I can yeah. deal with
1: that. Because
2: if you had yeah, that... Melton, yeah, you had I'm Tyrese. Not... Guys, I'm not crazy. I'm not I'm not I'm not that insane. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. 70, I have Nick Claxton. 69 is Miles Turner. 68 is Malcolm Brogdon. 67 is Shred VanVleet. 66 is CJ McCollum. 65 is Kristaps Porzingis. 64 is Kate Cunningham. 63 is Devin Vassell. 62 is Anthony Simons. And 61 is Marcus Smart.
1: I think Vassell probably needs to be a little bit lower. Porzingis needs to be a little bit higher. But I'm not going to... That's not a terrible list.
3: Yeah, that was actually pretty clean.
2: Thank you. All right, sixty. We got Franz Wagner, my guy. Uh, wow. Hold on,
1: hold on, up, hold up, on, hold up, hold up. You only have him at sixty. I feel like you. I felt like you were gonna have him in the top forty, but okay, that's fine. I I uh, think that's an appropriate place. Continue.
2: Yeah, I try to. I try to keep myself in check. Uh, Fifty nine. Robert Williams. Fifty eight. Deandre Ayton. 57, Aaron Gordon. 56 is O.G. Ananobi. 55 is Jeremy Grant. 54 is Brooke Lopez. 53 is Paolo Banquero. 52 is Zach Levine. And 51 is Andrew Wiggins. I'm
1: sorry. Aiden needs to be higher than Lopez. As much as I love Lopez, I think Aiden's the better player. Now, you can (laughs) argue with... Now, now you can argue with me who who's more important to their team, and I might give it to you there, but in terms of raw talent, I think, you know, Brooke is on the decline and Aiden's on the rise. I I trust Aiden's um, upside more, too.
2: Yeah, I, it's hard to argue when, like, Brooke's on the decline and he's having his best year in a while and he might win defensive player of the year. Like, he's he's been pretty awesome this year for the second-best team in the NBA. Obviously, Aiden... I agree. Aiden has more like raw athletic talent, but he hasn't necessarily put it all together yet. And he's been pretty up and down this year. So I, I gave Brooke a very slight edge, but I, I am certainly willing to hear the argument for otherwise. I was,
3: certainly- uh, I'm was i surprised you have Paolo Vincaro, like 53, almost top 50 in the NBA already. I mean, in
1: his, what, 55 games played? I, yeah. I don't think it's outrageous to say, though, Jonathan. I mean, look at the kid. No, no it, yeah.
3: it's not. It's just kind of. It is kind of like eye-opening. Like he's he's a rookie. He's almost top fifty.
1: Like I don't know if he's a power forward or small forward, but like I, I think he's more of a power forward based off of how the team's constructed. But he plays. I I haven't seen a what is he six ten? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a guy play that like with that type of size, with that type of speed, with that type of handle. That's like it's like he's center size. He's the size of a center of like most centers in the NBA, and outside of guys like Kevin Durant and Giannis, you don't really. I mean, like he doesn't have the speed of either one of those guys. He's not super quick, but like he gets to his spots and you can't stop him.
2: Yeah, kind of. He's kind of like a the big comp, but you know, out of Duke was was Julius Randle, which I, I thought. Was no, that's that, that's an
1: that's an inaccurate. He's not a bruiser. Julius is a bruiser. He's not yeah. a bruiser.
2: No, he has finesse to his game. Players, but as far as like body type and similar profiles, you, you can kind of see where they were coming from. I, I, I guess. think Pal is going to be better than Julius. Very. Soon. I think
1: he. I think you could make the argument that he's maybe better, as good as him now. I don't know if I would say better, but uh, I expect we'll see Julius here very shortly. Yeah, you will. All right,
2: Chris. 50. Do you
3: think you're? Well, Chris, do you think your boy Chet would be higher than
2: Paolo if he played this year? Um, I don't know. I, I think it'd be close. I'm I'm still riding with Chet. Um, mm. I'm very excited for next year.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, Chris, are you secretly an OKC fan that you're just not telling everybody? Is it
2: really a secret at this point? I I, I love mean,
1: see. I mean. I mean, like, it seems like you like OKC, the the Nuggets. Um, Who else am I missing here, Jonathan? Any other team that he's fanboying over besides those two?
3: Not recently. Those have been the two big ones.
2: Okay, okay. (laughs) Fanboying a little strong. Okay, 50. Mm, Is it, though? 50. Is it? Wow. 49, 49. It's Jamal Murray. 48 wow. is Julius Randle. 47 is Clay Thompson. 46 is Kyrie Irving. 45 is Chris Paul. 44 is Mikhail Bridges. 43 is Jalen Brunson. 42 is Darren Fox. And 41 is Jared Allen. Well, I just, I guess all I can say is wow,
1: because like I did not think that you would keep Bradley Beale out of your top 40. I don't. I mean, like, Kyrie. Okay, I can kind of get it with the off-court stuff.
3: No, but I like, don't
1: like that. Okay, okay, Jonathan, you come in because I'm just I'm shell shocked right now. I'm just the
3: like. It's well documented that I'm the biggest Kyrie hater of like, of like the whole package being in your locker room. But like mm-hmm. pure on-court talent, he. I I don't know how he's it.
1: I, I think if you go with Talon, he's yeah. a top twenty five player. So Chris, were Absolutely. you considering off so, court uh, off off course stuff with Kyrie? That's,
2: that's that's like an interesting part of the calculus is like yeah, like Kyrie is one of those like one of the few guys where you it's really hard to separate the on and the off court stuff because it just has affected his availability so much. And, like, the viability around his team and cohesiveness in the locker room and on the court. Like, like that stuff is all kind of blended together at this point. We'll see how it goes in Dallas now. But, I mean, part of it is, is you're right, Terry is all the talent in the world. One of the most impressive, like, individual players ever. Does he always, like, elevate the guys around him? Maybe not so much. Like, like he can do a ton of amazing stuff on his own, but... He can yeah you know, like even if, this year if it was Brooklyn, all... there have been times where he's like kind of been a black hole so that that's part of it too is is just like there's a difference between individual talent and who uses the talent that they have the best to elevate teammates and to elevate their team and to win basketball games.
3: That's fair. I mean, if you were taking all that into account, I don't know he's top 100 because again, I'm the biggest hater ever. But yeah, that basketball talent
2: is undeniable. Absolutely, hundred percent.
1: Okay, Let's keep on going.
2: Forty. I have uh, Rudy Gobert. Thirty-nine.
1: Wow.
2: Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up!
1: You have Rudy Gobert as a better NBA player than Bradley Beal. Yeah.
2: Hundred percent. Okay. Why? Why are you hating on Bradley Beal? I'm not. He's just not been as good this year. You know, he's he's reaching the end of his prime, and the Wizards continue to not do anything. That's not really his fault but it like, hasn't been Brad's best year. He, he's still not good. Again, like, bad defender, smaller guard. Those guys have pretty limited value, especially when they're asked to do as much as him, which, again, isn't always his fault. But you know, when you're weighing certain guys against each other, it's, it's kind of hard to justify Bradley being much higher this year.
1: Again I, I just... I don't... Mm, I just... I, I feel like Gobert should be top 60, not top 40, but continue.
2: 39, Evan Mobley. 38, Draymond Green. 37, DeJounte Murray. 36, Brandon Ingram. 35, Larry Markkinen. 34, Desmond Bain. 33, Jaron Jackson Jr. 32, Drew Holiday, And 31, Chris Middleton.
1: I don't hate it. outside. Yeah, I like is. that. Go Rudy Gobert. outside of Rudy Gobert. I don't hate it.
2: That, that's what you say every time Rudy's mentioned in a conversation. OK, I, mm-hmm. I, I got it. I, gotta
1: I, I might have a secret hate for Rudy Gobert. You'll never know. I guess it's
2: not very secret.
1: Um. Maybe not.
2: 30. I have Demar DeRozan. 29. Lamella Ball. 28. Carl Anthony Towns. 27. Darius Garland. 26. Anthony Edwards. 25. DeMontis Sabonis, 24, Jalen Brown, 23, Bam Adebayo, 22, Tyrese Halliburton, and 21 is Trey Young. Uh, oof, that's... I mean, you could make the argument to me
1: that, you know, Trey Young should be lower, but I don't hate that list. Cool.
2: Yeah, i I don't know quite how I feel about LaMelo being that high, honestly, it just kind of how it played out in my in my head when I was making the list. I was like, alright, I'll, I'll ride with it. Uh, but I mean, is awesome. It's kind of unfortunate that he's stuck in Charlotte right now. But, yeah, that, that's all I have to say about that. 20, Jimmy Butler. 19, Anthony Davis. 18, James Harden. 17, Paul George. 16, Pascal Siakam. 15, John Morant. 14. Donovan Mitchell, 13. Damian Lillard, 12. Devin Booker, and 11 is Shea gilchrist Alexander.
1: I feel like Devin Booker needs to be in the top ten, but uh, outside of that, I don't have
2: much complaint.
1: What about Anthony Davis. Yes. Like, like he you be think higher? He's top ten?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I know he's not been healthy. Yeah. But, like, when he is healthy this season, he was a top five player.
1: I don't know. Ever since he came back, he hasn't been super as aggressive as he was before. So I'm okay with him not being in the top 10.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like again, it's I don't know. It's hard to fault the guy for injuries in absences, but like Davis has been one of the more like inconsistent quote unquote superstars of the last few years now. Like I agree, like early this season before the injury, he was, he was aces. He was definitely a top 10 player for that stretch. Um, uh, like Lucas said, since he's been back, it, it has been quite as, you know, dominant. So he's kind of a hard guy to peg. Obviously, really brilliant when he puts his mind to it and when his body can can live up to his skill set. But
3: I mean, in February, he thirty one, thirty four, twenty three, twenty eight. 31, 34,
2: 23, 28. I don't know. Yeah, he's still awesome. Like, like all these guys are awesome. Like Like, Jimmy has led Miami to the finals. James, we all know, like, PG. Like, these are all really awesome players. So, all, all these guys are kind of hard to parse through. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, there's certainly a quality argument to putting AD higher. I, I don't don't hate it. Yeah, um, I'm not going to really argue with AD on that one. Can't really well, argue with that. We, we've reached the top 10, which is probably the, group of 10 that I feel the worst about. Um, Yeah.
1: I think you know who number one is. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Chris is reasonable. I don't think he's going to have Jokic number one.
2: 10, I have Zion Williamson. Number nine, I have Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Number eight, LeBron James. Number seven, Jason Tatum. This is the one that I really feel... Terrible about. I don't even know if I agree with myself. I have Steph Curry at six. I have Joel oh. five. I have Luca at four. I have Kevin Durant at three. I have Jokic two and Giannis one. Okay, I told you that he wouldn't have Jokic at one.
1: That being said,
2: Chris,
1: Chris, I don't know if I can put Jokic two. I get that he's a two-time reigning MVP and that he's having a historic season. But oh, hold up, are you basing this just off of this season or the body of work? Um, I guess
2: body of work. It just where right, I feel where like I'm there's moving, right go- moving goalposts here.
1: Yeah, I'm Zion's say, been hurt
3: the whole time.
1: I, I know. I'm gonna say this: if if we're going with body of work, like in the last like two or three years for the top ten here. Yeah. I don't. I feel like maybe Durant needs to be higher than Jokic.
2: I don't know. You yeah, know, I, I The agree. best regular season player for three years straight, like.
1: But what? But okay, regular season player. But when we talk about the best – okay, kind of, okay, 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 Chris, Chris, drop
2: off in the playoffs, like, like okay, he's okay, just there.
1: I, I think he's okay. that
2: kind of guy.
1: Okay, but here's my counter argument here. When we talk about the best overall players in the NBA, there's two players that we always talk about. It's always Giannis one, and we talk Durant two. Sometimes Lucas get thrown in there. I'm okay with Luca being Luca being four. That's fine. Joel can be five. I'm okay with that too. We're talking like best overall players. I think you got to have Durant too. I think in terms of like, like even though like Kobe Bryant wasn't always in the running for MVP, it was him and LeBron, right? For a lot of years. So that's, that's my, my idea there. They might not always have the best regular season, but they are the best players. And I'd rather have Durant or Giannis over Jokic. Of course, again, yeah, I'd rather I have a few more guys over Jokic, but I'm trying to be objective here.
2: So I, again, all these guys are really close. It's it's like hard to argue against that. It, it's Kevin Durant. Like if you want to put him to uh, I buy it. That's totally fine with me. They're they're all very close. Um, like, like I, I, I agree with the... six. Honestly, like I would. I don't hate staffed. that. I don't.
1: I don't, hate I don't that. like
2: it either. But like
1: No, you know, no, no. I said I don't hate it. I I am okay with it.
2: Steph I, six. I know. I I mean, it's like I I feel like Embiid is earned top 5 status and I, I really didn't want to drop him out of the top 5 cuz I would vote He he is a top 5. He, really he a top five.
1: He's No, no. The the players that you have in the top 5, I, I agree with. I, I don't agree. agree with the order though. I, I agree don't agree too. with the order.
2: But I I honestly feel like like Steph at 6 is the one I feel worst about cuz I I think I had him like three I, I, last I don't, time I did it. I, I don't I, think you can
1: take him. I don't think, look, Steph Curry might have impacted the game of basketball the most, but in terms of like the best of the best, I can't put him up there as a top five
2: I anymore. Know, I mean, Steph's like a top 10 player of all time. He's still pretty much yeah. in his prime. Like, even. But so now, is LeBron. Like, should I? Yeah.
1: Well, I, uh, I, LeBron's not in his prime, but I he's think still leaves. LeBron
2: leads. is probably fallen off more than Steph. It, yeah, like, like Steph is so. Even now, I'm like, should Steph maybe be like two or three? Am I really being fair and dropping him to six? Like the other guys have been off the charts this year. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to deny, like like Joel's production, Jokic. Availability
1: now, is is probably the thing that kills Steph. Because if we're talking about availability, yeah. Zion, I mean, he might he should probably be vi- higher if he was actually healthy, right? Same thing with Kawhi, but availability does count. And, yeah. you know, the top five. So I, I, I will say this. if I I agree with the players that you have in the top five, but this would be my top five, okay? My top five. I would have Giannis one, Grant two, Luka three, Dewell fourth,
2: and Jokic five. Sure. that's like, it's a totally reasonable group, I don't hate it. I, I I don't, I and look, like, you can
1: have, like, tied for fifth with Jokic and stuff if you want that. I know you can't, but I'm just saying. Like, I think it's that close between those two. But like, yeah, I don't I, agree with the players that you. I don't disagree with the players that you have in the top five. I just, me personally, I would rearrange them a little bit. Jonathan, what about you? You do you agree with the, his order? Or do, how would you rearrange it?
3: No, I kind. I don't know if my Embiid is coming out because I kind of like what you had, Lucas. But I don't. I don't know if Jokic is four and Embiid is five. Um. But I, I like your order with uh Giannis um KD Luca and then four or five. I feel like it's a tie.
2: Honestly, like four or five you could I you could pretty reasonably argue that it's basically like a tie one through six. Like all those guys are yeah,
1: absolutely. Are, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. those, those cool.
2: guys are established as like the clear top six. I, I think Tatum is right on the edge. Could be Tatum, could
1: LeBron Tatum, LeBron, and uh, Kawhi are all in their own stratus. Like yeah. in that
2: second, like, I, I think that like top there's nine one A. Kind of by itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as long yeah. as Kawhi is semi healthy. Um, and that, I, I think uh, the I top that. six. Like I said, I would probably
1: switch uh, Zion and Devin Booker because I think Devin Booker is a top 10 player. I, I honestly do. Um, but I mean, yeah, that top nine. I mean, and you could split the nine up into 1A and 1B with the 1B being seven through nine. with Tatum, um LeBron and Kawhi. Because yeah. I mean, look, and that's just a testament to LeBron because he's 38, guys, and we're talking about him
2: still being a top 10 player. Absolutely. Yeah, LeBron's awesome. Like, don't like it feels kind of weird to call LeBron the eighth best player in the world or whatever, because he's LeBron, but like it's absolutely a compliment. Like he's still amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, with, with Zion, it's tough, like you said, because he, he's been injured so much. He, he's kind of undeniable when he's out there. But, I, I mean, it really hurt my soul. I really, really, really wanted to put Shay in the top ten. I just couldn't. Shea's not, sorry, there.
1: sorry, sorry. Shea's not a top ten. I, I Devin think Booker, De, Devin. I think Devin Booker and uh, Zion are ahead of him. He's close, but I don't. I, I got to see he's some postseason close. stuff. He
3: is definitely close, but yeah, he's I, not I,
2: top ten yet.
1: I I think he needs some postseason stuff to his resume there, Chris. I think that's what's
2: missing. He was really good in the postseason with the Clippers that one time.
1: Okay, uh, yeah, as a as, a in, as the, a in the
2: Thunder with CP3.
1: Um. Okay, so second year, we just need <laughs> a little bit. Of, we need him to be the number one player. On a playoff team. Yeah. To see how he does.
2: Well, That's I mean, what I. We might get that this year. They, they could win a might, playing game.
1: We, hey, we might. I mean, it depends. If Poku comes back and they're playing him, then they're probably not going to get into the playoffs. Um, yeah, that was a shot, by the way, Chris. Uh, i not
2: even going to drop. I'm not going <laughs> to respond. I, I'm not going to scoop to your level oh Chris, cool. you stoop to my level all the time but you just don't realize it anyway um yeah, at least I that, wasn't the guy who went to back for for Julie Loca for on those years. okay so least, but I was also, but at least I was also the guy at least you
1: uh, but you were also the guy that didn't believe that you should we should have drafted drafted Tatum over Markel.
2: Markel was the objective right choice. You can't predict a freak shoulder injury. I'm sorry. No, Chris, I'm
1: saying I said it back then and I will say it again. If you believe that Ben Simmons is a point guard, you do not get another playmaker to take the ball out of his hands. You get a scoring wing. And that
2: was. Do we believe with the benefit of hindsight that Ben Simmons is a point guard? Look, I didn't
1: believe that Ben Simmons was a point guard, but you did at the time. And you were making that strong case. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case that you're making, okay. this okay. is the direction most, that we're
2: well, going. So many teams have two guard lineups. They're, they're, you can have two good ball handlers on the same team. That's got the best it. way to have a good offense.
1: Okay, let's, okay let if me just Markel say this.
2: Markel did not have the freak shoulder injury, if, if Markel had progressed as was expected, he would be a top 20 player right now. Markel was awesome. I don't want to hear it.
1: Well, okay, let's think about it like this. Markel's probably still a better player than Ben Simmons is right now. First off,
2: I agree. So I was right in a,
1: okay. Okay. So, so so, I was right. So so (laughs) the second part of this is let's think about like this guy's Sixers fans should be furious with the front office because we had mainly the uh, Colangelo front office slash Brett Brown, because in three drafts, we could have instead of coming away with Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz and Zaire Williams, we could have came away with Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum, yeah, yeah. and Mikel Bridges. Could you imagine oh, well. that? That rotation. Yeah, just I just mean, the same.
2: Ben Simmons thing. It's like he really should have been really good. It it should he not should have, have gone like it did. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, it's tough with like balancing it. Like putting Zion I, I get what you're saying, John, is like how can I justify putting AD nineteen and Zion ten? I it, it's like I, I get it. It's it's kinda hard to balance these things. Like I think Zion's really special. Like if it like if we're talking next guy up to join that top six group, I think there's a good chance it's Zion once he if he can get healthy for like a couple of seasons and stream together two, three like healthy years. I think Zion's like that guy, and he could, like, win a championship with the Pelicans. But it's hard to kind of parse through all the little details here. Um, Yeah, look,
1: all I'm going to say is that I think that – I I think Devin Booker should be in the top ten, and I would reorder the top five as I've already said it. But I think we've spent enough time on this. Let's transition. Let's switch over to the player grades after post-All-Star.
3: Yeah, so um, the or Sense contributors, we had a bunch of people at our site write um, different articles for each player that was on the team. Basically from the beginning through the trade deadline, so no Matisse because he got traded. We don't have Jalen McDaniels on here and Mac McClung not on here as well. So there's 13 players that we graded. Each are written by different contributors for the site. So we're just going to go through them, talk about if we agree or not. So, let's start with Jaden Springer. He was the first one in the article. Chris actually wrote this one and gave him
1: a C. Uh, Chris, he hasn't played enough to give him a... Like, look, I like Jaden Springer as an athlete. I can't say whether or not he's a good basketball player because I haven't seen enough of him play during regular season games for the Sixers. Now, if we want to go off the blue coats, C might be a little bit underrated. But, like, for the Sixers, I... I don't know if I can give him a C. I mean, there's been flashes, but we haven't seen enough to really make a solid grade. Uh,
2: C for Chosen One. What a guy, Jaden Springer, man. He's gonna oh be so good. Oh my gosh. Um, what Here we go um, Yeah, probably should have been an A plus. I get it, but uh, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to keep myself in check, like I've said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Check. I believe. I I am a firm believer in Jaden Springer. I still own the majority of the property on Springer Island, uh, and business is booming. So and, you know, apply for a lease while you still can. <laughs> Our apartments are running out quick. The bustling community of young and vibrant people who are all very intelligent and worldly. So uh, yeah, it's a great place to be. You know, when Chris was
1: talking about that, Jonathan, I thought of that 90s song. Uh, I forget who. I think it was uh, uh, Smash Mouth that did uh, You Might As Well Be Walking on the Sun. Uh, And he was like, don't delay act now. Supplies is running out. And that's what uh, Uh, you know what song I'm talking about.
3: I think so.
1: Yeah, that's what Chris reminded me of when he was making his pitch for Jaden Springer Island. Uh,
3: Well, Chris, you also have the next player, Paul (laughs) Reed,
1: with a
2: B-plus you wrote.
1: I don't hate that. That's actually pretty solid. I think that's a good grade for Paul Reed.
2: Yeah, uh, again, for – probably should have been an A-plus, but, you know, got to, you know, keep keep my um, enthusiasm on the down low. Uh, B-plus because he continues to be positive for the Sixers when he plays. Um, great, great defender already. Has the talent offensively, if he can put it together. If the Sixers give him a chance to put it together, I think he can. Probably like the sixth or seventh best player on the team, honestly, and he just needs to play more. So, yeah, very positive on, on Paul Reed.
3: All right, next up, Kanal wrote about P.J. Tucker, gave him a B-.
1: I.
2: I, respect I don't know
1: I, I i i feel like that might be slightly high i, I think i get give from a c but b minus you could you could talk me into it if we talk about like the intangible bulls i guess
2: yeah i, I mean you know, that's a lot yeah. of what it was yeah yeah he, he talked about the off-court stuff and there, there's really no denying it he, he's clearly an important person in the locker room and a good veteran mentor to have on the team for the young guys that philly really doesn't play but yeah, like the, on the on the court, he's been pretty pretty rough this this season. Uh, I'd probably be more in the D to C range, but I, I again respect the the optimism.
3: So next up is Percon. I had written about him and I gave him a D. I don't feel the need to have to defend him as strong as uh, Chris was defending Jaden Springer. I think D is pretty solid for court. He fell out of the lineup, not playing great, so that's where he's falling.
1: I mean, look, they signed guys like Daniel House so that they wouldn't have to play Corkmass this season. Corkmass, when he has gotten minutes, hasn't really shown a lot of confidence. So I'm not really surprised with the with the um, D here.
2: Yeah, um, he he demanded a trade, and for the second time, his trade demand was not heard, and he's still on the team, and he's not going to play anytime soon. So yeah, so i to argue with that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. And then I followed that up with Montrez Harrell. Honestly wanted to give him a D as well, but didn't want to have back to back D. So I gave him a C minus. I think a little expectation of maybe the fans had a little too much expectation, but at least like definitely their front office as well. Thought that he would be a really solid big man to back up and Just hasn't been that this year.
1: What fans? What fans have the expectations? Who? I need to talk me? to them because clear. Uh,
2: um, Lucas, Jonathan, I very John... specifically remember you writing an article about how the defensive concerns were actually not that big and how he was actually maybe going to be good in the play.
1: Well, you are the you know fan what? that
2: you were talking about right <laughs> well, now.
1: Well, guess what? The numbers <laughs> lied to me. Numbers can lie. You... Look. look, the numbers can lie sometimes, okay? Numbers look can look lie. In the
2: mirror, pal. Uh, but, yeah. no.
1: Uh, I mean, all <laughs> I see is a very handsome man, but... um. If, if we're talking about in terms of a culpability here, I'll, I'll, I'll own up. I thought that Montrez might be slightly better than what he was going to be. But clearly, the six-man version of him is long and gone now. Despite being 27, it's clear that he's past his prime. Um, he's undersized. He can't really defend. Rebounding is not a thing. The only thing he can really do is give you some energy and jump occasionally and dunk. Outside of that, Montrez doesn't really give you that much besides being a quote unquote good fit next to James Harden, which I I think is a a little overblown. There, Um, C minus seems appropriate because I mean, like, look, he hasn't been terrible. And Mm. Christy, I remember you saying this. It's Mm. not that he's been terrible; it's just that there's a better option on the bench with Paul Reed. Did you not say that? Did I say that? You did say that. You did say that. Pretty terrible.
2: Chris, you said, you. You,
1: you said that you uh, said that like during December. I remember All right. this.
2: Well, December. All right, we've had time to reevaluate our opinions, and we've gathered more intel since December. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Sucks okay. is a harsh at, word. Look, I don't look, want to look, use that word. I apologize. Look at yourself in the mirror, suffer. buddy. He has just not been right. very good this year.
3: So then, to round out the Philly-Houston Rockets repeat reconnection, we had. Obviously, P.J. Tucker, Trez, um, and then Daniel House got him this summer. Obviously, probably that connection with Daryl Morey, James Harden from the Houston Rocket days. But as you said, he, we expected him to come in, maybe make Farcon not need to be in the lineup. House hasn't really been impressive to me at all. Um, I gave him a D-plus because I think that he was supposed to be more of a legit rotation player and and pretty disappointing.
1: Yeah, look, I think uh, I know I was very high on House coming in. He for the most part, he's been a really good rotation guy, sometimes can be a fifth starter for you. But this season has been everything but that Um, the shot confidence is not there. The athleticism looked like it's waned a little bit, hasn't made the best decisions on the court. He's played himself out of a rotation spot, and we had to go out and get Jaden uh Was it Jay No, Jalen.
2: Jalen. Jalen McDaniels,
1: yeah, Jayden as McDaniels a
2: result. very, very good, though. Um, They're both very good. They're both very
1: good.
2: Yeah. Jaden's, like, on the real upswing.
1: Um, oh, yeah, no, Jaden can become, like, a really good starter. I think Jalen's a really good rotation guy, but Jaden, yeah, he can be a really good starter.
2: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, no, I think
1: – yeah, go ahead.
2: No, I, I mean – Like you said with House, you know, we brought him in to be a a plus on D, but instead he ended up being a D plus. Uh,
1: Uh, Yeah, not
2: very uh, good this year. Uh, I agree. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it.
3: Um, I'm glad my three didn't get a lot of pushback from you for my contributions. Um, Next, we had Justin wrote about Bang Bang Niang, gave him a C plus.
1: Wow, that's really mm, low. That's low. Yeah. He should be at least like a B plus this is his career year. I mean, yeah, he's not going to give you much defensively or rebounding, but look, Doc has him usually on the court finishing games, like at least in like, what would you say, Chris, like 75% of the games he's been on the court finishing them. Yeah. Oh, uh, and he's, he's been a knockdown shooter. Like a, he's kind of taken over that uh, JJ Redick role. Not, not clearly not the same players, JJ, but like as the high volume three point shooter, and has been pretty darn good at it this year. So yeah, I, I think I think like a B plus is much more accurate for him.
2: Yeah. I, I mean I agree. I mean if this is like a regular season grade based on his performance up to this point, it's pretty hard to argue for anything below like a B. Um assuming we're like adjusting relative to expectations for a specific player, of course. Um yeah, I mean look, the playoffs are a concern. I definitely think when defenses are targeting him, it's going to be harder to keep him on the floor. But as far as like a regular season guy who can space the floor for Joel and James, he's been pretty great. Um, oh. He's been their best bench player, other than Tyrese. So I think yeah, uh, Justin had
3: the the um, quote of the entire slideshow articles. He said, "Endearing himself to all Sixers diehards out in the crowd is they can see themselves in him." And I felt that. I was like, "That's a that's a great line."
1: I mean, look—he doesn't look like a basketball player. He looks like an average Joe, like me and you know, like me or you guys. Like he—he—and I think that's like he said—it it very much makes him endearing, and like he doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, no. I think I think like the fact that the common fan can see themselves in him—it def- certainly helps.
3: Yeah. So then Justin also wrote uh, the contribution on Shake Milton gave him a B plus.
1: Can I? Is it crazy for me to say that I think that's too low as well? When he's been called upon, he has delivered, especially in bigger minute roles. Like he was averaging what as a starter, twenty-two, six and five. Yeah, no, I think Shake should probably be like an a A minus. I think he's been spectacular this year.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Shake deserves a ton of credit for that that stretch earlier in the year, um, when, when Tyrese and James were out, like he was just flat out. Awesome. He he was the second best player for the team during that stretch. Like he, he carried a really impressive load as far as creating both for himself and for others. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like it has obviously been much less flashy now that everyone's healthy. He's only playing like 15 to 20 minutes a night. he's not scoring nearly as many points. Uh, You know, he's not a great three-point shooter, so it can be sort of a weird fit sometimes, but, I mean, he's been really good in those units with Tyrese. Um, He's still been one of the best reserves on the team, again, right up there with George, I think. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, B-plus is is fine if you want to, like, nitpick certain aspects of his game and how it fits when everyone's healthy. I'm more inclined to lean with you, Lucas, and like, I, again, this is the guy who was really important in the playoffs last year. One of the few guys who stepped up um, down the stretch in that Miami series, and he carried that momentum into this year. Had that big stretch when everyone was hurt, kept the Sixers afloat next to Joel. Right? Like he deserves a ton of credit for that. So I'd probably give him like a minus A, but you know B plus is fine. What, it's not. What kind of an-
3: what kind of annual contract do you think he's gonna get? I was actually writing a piece about Ooh. like his potential, like if the Sixers should try to figure out a way to re sign him. And I was I was stuck kind of thinking about what annual salary he might look to get.
1: I I think if we're looking at like an annual salary, um he's still gonna be a backup, I think, for the majority of teams. That being said, I think somewhere between like what do you say, Chris, about five or seven million a year? I had six to eight. Yeah. yeah so Okay.
2: Yeah, I I think it's going to be pretty affordable for whoever goes out and signs them, and I think whoever does, assuming it's not Philly, is probably going to be really happy with their investment. Um, yeah. Because okay. those teams just don't have three other guards of the caliber of like James, Tyrese, and Milton playing above a guy like Shake. You know, plenty of teams have a lot of good, you know, good backcourts. So yeah, like, and- he's going to be a back backup everywhere, but he's like. The eighth or ninth guy in Philly when everyone's healthy. And I, I don't know if that's gonna be the case with too many other teams. Especially if he like goes to a, a younger team that's rebuilding, he's gonna get a lot uh, more shine there. So
1: I was about to say if he goes to a rebuilding young team that hasn't gotten their point guard of the future yet, he could be a starter there. Uh, you know, just saying he could be. I don't know if that would be like a long term solution for him, but he might get a year or two where he can put up big numbers.
2: Shake Milton will save the Houston Rockets. I'm calling it now.
1: I mean, I was, honestly, yeah. <laughs> honestly, he might because clearly Kevin Porter is not a point guard, neither is Jalen Green. I mean, unless they get Scoop Henderson in the draft, I mean, why, why not?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I shake's been awesome. He, he deserves a ton of credit. Next
1: year,
3: the starting lineup will be Harden, Shake, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Victor Wembanyama.
1: Don't hey don't say James Harden. No that's not. Funny. <laughs> no no no. You not thinking,
2: <laughs> That's not funny. That's you're not, not funny. Shane Guna the starting five. I'm not here for that. I'm sorry. That 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 too. That bring too. bring Jalen off the bench. Yeah. Show you. Know. All right. So
3: next up is DeAnthony Melton. Canal gave him a B plus. Pretty
2: good. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's yeah. accurate. Pretty yeah. fair. Yeah, career year. But, you know, he has been a little inconsistent as of late. Yeah, I think B-plus is solid.
3: All right. Next, Matt Cahill gave Tobias the C-plus.
1: That is too low. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> – this is Tobias' – a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Tobias' best year. Then why are we giving him a C plus? Okay, so,
2: I think it says a lot about Tobias that his best year is getting a C plus. I I think that. No, somewhat no.
1: That you, Tobias. No, 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 no. Tobias Harris. Look, he's he's asked to be in a smaller role that's uh, honestly kind of beneath him. In my opinion, um, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I okay. Yeah, no, I think he should be a third option, not a it fourth option.
2: Him relative to his contract but is it really beneath him is he good second i'm
1: I'm with chris on this one is he he's a third option he's a third option they're asking him to be a fourth option which is essentially a catch-and-shoot guy which i I think he's been great as it. i think he's been a great catch-and-shoot guy this year and when called upon he can take on a bigger scoring load and he's and he's playing better defense this year so i i think he should be at least a b if not a b plus
2: I think the Sixers would love it if their most expensive player was good enough to be the third option instead of Tyrese who's been well was that really it. It was, is that
1: Tobias's fault Is that Tobias's fault or is that uh, also, Elton Brand's fault fault
2: also they have moved Tyrese to the bench giving Tobias more reps as the quote unquote third option and it has been his worst stretch of the season by far so
1: well that, I think I think that's
2: why we need to bring mm. Maxi back into the starting five okay, but it, like, I, I do, like, Tobias is at his best when he's doing role-player things, and he doesn't always do role-player things as well as he needs to. He's, like, a very frustrating player to watch. Like, like I agree the talent is there, and he can have some moments where he, like, you know, posts up and breaks this guy down one-on-one or whatever, but, like, going back to, like, why I had someone like Cam Johnson a bit, of, like, ahead of Tobias in my rankings, is because, like, he just does the role-player things better than Tobias, and that's when Tobias is at his best is when he's doing role-player things. So he's a tough guy. I, I think C-plus is pretty fair is what I'll say. I think that's nah. a fair, fair mark.
1: I think I'd give him at least a B if not a B-plus.
3: I'm going to sit with C-plus on this, too. And then I wrote the next Eaters. one, Tyrese Maxey. Gave him an A minus. I think he's been playing well. Uh, he's definitely having to adapt to injuries early on himself, and playing without Harden and B. and then coming off the second, like coming off the bench in the second unit, also starting some games.
1: I think he's been really flexible
3: and just helping the team all around.
1: Uh, I think uh, I think it, it depends. If you if it was earlier in the season, I give him. I'd say he deserves an A, but I think. With the inconsistency, and that's—it's not his fault because learning a new role is difficult. Choosing your spots is difficult when you're coming off the bench, but I, I think a B plus is probably more accurate here because he has struggled on defense, as Chris likes to point out.
2: Well, okay, calm down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I—I I mean, I—I I think that's a fair grade. You could argue that it should maybe be even lower. Uh, but again, like how much of it is his fault, right? Like he got hurt. You can't really control that. It, it's tough to hurt your foot and then have to reacclimate midseason. Doc pushed him to the bench, which I think we're all kind of realizing at this point is not really the right place for him. And I think we would all agree that he should probably be starting over Melton again at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was a change that he's had to adjust to for a while there. Doc wasn't staggering. Joel and James, and he was like letting Tyrese run the second unit, which I understand in theory, trying to get the guy more more touches and, and more freedom. But like, really, I think he's at his best when he's next to those other guys, and he's in a more like controlled, contained role. So, I think he's best next role. to James.
1: I think he's best next to James.
2: He yeah, plays off the James. Everyone on the team is next best next to James, really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, well, I mean, that's the per perfect segue because. Yeah.
3: We have Harden next and Matt gave him an A.
2: Yeah, I I'm with it, man. I think he's been really good this year. I think A's accurate. Should have been an all star. Yeah, I mean okay. like a lot of people still have are, are like kind of beholden to those ridiculous like Houston level expectations. That's just not who he's gonna be anymore. But he's still so good in like more subtle ways maybe than he was in Houston. But like like the dudes like his- straight up one of the best passers we've ever seen, like in especially in recent NBA history, like he's up there with the best of the best as far as setting guys up and elevating teammates. So mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. going with an A. Yep.
3: So lastly, come to our superstar Joel Embiid. Justin gave him an A
1: minus. That's wrong. You should be getting an <laughs> A plus. He's an MVP candidate. This is his best season. Scoring the ball. I think it's a B, a plus.
3: Lucas, do you want to give him an so, A plus
1: plus? Yes. <laughs> Here, here's what
2: I will say. This has been Joel's best season. Just objectively, statistically, everything is is his efficiency is at a career high. His points per game, all that stuff. This, this has been his best year by far. Not maybe not by far, but he's even better than last year. He's at worst, I think in my book, like, a top three MVP candidate. I I think you can make the argument that Embiid is so good that he could have that kind of season and still maybe warrant an A-. Like, obviously, he's one of the best players on the face of the earth, so that's kind of the so standard hold, we're holding him to.
1: Hold up. Are you implying that he's not giving his 100% out there?
2: No, but here's what I will say. I, I mean, Joel does have a tendency a very justifiable, understandable tendency to, to float around and not always be the most high-effort defender on the team, to not always crash the glass like he needs to. And that's fine. He, he carries so much burden offensively. like He he has to do that to do what he does offensively, to play the mm-hmm. physical style of basketball that he does. It's just inevitable. You, you, he can't do all of that at the highest level, or he's going to get hurt. He has to save himself for the playoffs, too. That's part of it. So... It's totally justifiable and understandable. It's not even like harsh criticism, but like like it hasn't been his best year on defense, as great as the offense has been. The rebounding's down a little bit. Like like you can point out. Okay, that. Okay,
1: okay. Our our counter argument to the rebounding: James Harden is swallowing
2: up rebounds. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think there are plenty of examples of the bead just not boxing out or making much of an effort on the glass, which is, again, totally, like, he just kind of has to do that stuff in the regular season. Um, So I'm not even trying to criticize him. Um, You know, you can split errors. You can say, like, the double teams are still a problem every now and then. Like, I think you can justify an A- and still recognize that he's been, like, the second or third best player at worst in the NBA this year. Maybe the best player, so... Yeah, I, I think that just kind of speaks to how good Joel is. But if you want to say A plus because he's had the second or third best year in the NBA, maybe A, A, A plus plus. Chris, A A plus plus. A
1: plus plus.
2: plus. <laughs> yeah, I I probably agree with you. I'd probably give him an A or an A plus. But I I can see, I can justify in my head like saying A minus while also recognizing how awesome he is.
3: Yeah. Well, that's the end of the list, and I think we can all agree that our contributors are all the smartest out there, so I'm glad there's right. like, too much criticism across the board. Everyone seems to give some good rankings, and everyone should go read the piece because they contributors defended their grades well, and that's
2: all that matters.
1: Absolutely. But on that note, Chris, how about you go ahead and wrap us up?
2: All right. As always, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Six to Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible. Or you can listen and read our written work at our website, thesixercents.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. And we will be back soon to talk about some real Sixers basketball. The games start tomorrow, Thursday. They play the Grizzlies. That'll be an exciting matchup. And we'll have a lot to talk about next time we see everyone, talk to everyone. On Sunday night, Monday morning, that will be our 250th episode also, which is pretty exciting. So we'll talk to everyone again soon. Go Sixers and peace out.